Hello, fellow humans. Welcome to the Art of Human podcast, the podcast dedicated to celebrating humanhood via insightful, unique perspective from human beings of all walks of life. In the hopes to inspire listeners to live a healthier life, I am your host, Sapien. I hope you enjoy. What's up, bro? Hello? What is good? What is good? What is good? What's up, man? Can you hear me? Um, yeah, I can hear you. Does it not sound good? No, like, you sound fine. You sound fine. Um, excuse the background. It's just a reminder of, of where I used to be. <laughs> is, that Cal- oh, is that Culver City? Yeah, that's where I'm from. That's where I'm from. Oh, shit. That's home. Like my, I forgot that's where you grew up. Yep. Culver um, City, what's the what's the main freeway off of that? Or, like, what's the closest big freeway? I actually don't remember, honestly. <laughs> All right, so what are some neighboring cities? Some other – you're by, like, uh, San Fernando Valley almost, right? Or you're by Compton? Hell no. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> – I was nowhere near near Um, Fox Hills Mall. Does that sound familiar? No. Um, Let me try another one. Um, I can literally just look it up. I can just go on Google Maps and look it up. Fuck it. You might as well look it up. Let's see. Culver City. Maps. So Culver City is by the... By the Museum of Jurassic Technology. Uh, it's close to Santa, Man- Santa Monica Airport. Yes, sir. Close to Baldwin Hills Scenic Overlook. Star Echo Station. The Wendy Museum or Wende. You're by the 10 Freeway. Yeah, oh. that's, that's what Freeway was. So... Inglewood's not too far away. It's not. Nope. All right. I think I have an idea where you live then. For sure. So what's up, man? How's it going? Um, it's been going pretty well. Yeah. Um, with things starting to open back up, I'm starting to, I guess, sort of find like more hope again. Um, I mean, I'm still like out up north still. But hopefully, I think by at the earliest, um, like next week or between next week and three weeks, I'll be back in SoCal to to visit. For sure, man. Whenever you come down, you're welcome to to hang out with me. So just let me know. I got you, bro. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man. Uh. We're recording. This is like the first time I do a podcast through Zoom. So it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, dude, tell us, tell me, tell me about kind of your, tell me about your childhood. Tell me about your upbringing. Tell me about who the fuck is Jalen Jenkins. <laughs> uh, so it's like that. <laughs> so, okay. I should show for sure. Um, can you repeat those questions again? My bad. Um, just whatever comes to mind. Like if someone asked you, like, who's Jalen Jenkins? Like, what, what's your answer? What, what comes to your mind? And we could just start from there. 
Um, who is Jalen Jerome Jenkins? Um, he is definitely more of he's an interesting character. Um, you can you can say that. Um, he's definitely like exploring like new experiences and soaking them in and just learning as he as he lives basically um i remember like being like little i was very very shy and quiet and passive and as i started to grow up and started to sort of you know find myself find who i really am as a person i started to become more open and more um i guess adventurous if that makes sense um i guess you can say I just started to come out of my show, basically, and like now, Jalen Jenkins is a person who is not necessarily afraid to say what's on his mind, but you know, still sort of has a bit of a guard up, a bit of a wall um, when it comes to meeting new people, new experiences, you know, just as like a precaution of just like just in case of what if happens, but slowly but surely he's starting to forget about the what ifs and just he's just starting to live life. That's that's legit, man. And I feel like I could relate to a lot of what you're saying. I think most people could, everybody could relate to that. <laughs> I think pretty much everybody kind of struggles with just being themselves 100%. And well, at least the there's a lot of people that are conscious and they're, they're putting the effort to get to that next level. And that's dope that you're on that path. What's, uh, what's some of the, the things that you're learning about yourself now that, you know, like you said, you used to feel like you were kind of in a turtle shell and you've been slowly, but surely kind of getting out and voicing what's on your mind. What's some of the, the new things that you're learning about yourself throughout this journey? Um, I think definitely the new things I'm learning about myself is just sort of the different interests that I want to sort of pursue um, that I used to pursue. Well, not necessarily pursue, but I was very interested when I was sort of little, but I was sort of afraid to sort of pursue those interests um, out of just being being judged by other people or just being afraid of what people would think, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think that was like a like a lot of a lot of people i personally think that a lot of people go through that stage especially like in their teen years especially um males because it's just more i think as i think as men or as dudes we're kind of taught to sort of like keep quiet of like emotions and stuff like that or to like sort of push through or to sort of try to fit this this norm of what it means to be a man if that makes sense yeah that makes sense what do you what do you feel like has kind of helped push you to not care because like you said it's kind of like society puts these pressures on us like males and really just everybody in society but with uh, men like we get pushed to not express our emotions and we get encouraged to just be tough and keep pushing through like what's was there a particular moment in your life where something inspired you to just not care anymore? 
Um, I think definitely just sort of like going into college, just sort of just um, you just learn basically. And I honestly think sociology was a part of that because learning the things I learned in sociology, I would have never learned like at home or at all because some of the things that I've kind of seen or kind of like been through in my life, um, I just never really understood it. But actually like with sociology, like the study of society, I kind of just sort of realized the reason why things the way they are in our society and why I was kind of brought up the way I was brought up and why I kind of have these um, sort of views that I sort of have or, or why I kind of believed in this way before, but I believe in something else totally now. Yeah. So you almost feel like the the knowledge that you gain for, and your degrees in sociology? Yes. Okay. So you feel like kind of getting more knowledge with regard to how society functions and with how maybe our psychology works, you kind of realize that maybe all these ideas were actually just like these made up ideas and that it wasn't actually the way it should be. It's just more so the way that society has kind of thought of it to be. Is that kind of what it is? That's kind of what comes to my mind when I think of shit like that. Like, it's almost like we're not brainwashed, but in a sense, kind of brainwashed. And it's like everybody's saying this shit. But then when you learn about how it's happening, it kind of just, you kind of are able to disassemble it, kind of. Like, I don't know. Well, the one thing I also do believe is that, like, like as we grow up from, like, when we're, like, babies to when we're adults and stuff like that, we're learning from, like, what we see. And we're, like, basically learning based on what we're taught, like, at home. Um, hold on, my bad. I'm about to sneeze. Hold on. Oh, you're good. You're good. <laughs> First person to sneeze on the podcast. You hear that, Jalen? Yeah. First person to sneeze on the podcast. That's, that's good shit, man. Hey, that, that makes it different, right? That makes it different right there. But, um, yeah, like I was saying, I feel like what I feel like what most people are, I can't speak for everybody because everybody could be brought up in a different way. So that's what I also learned in sociology is that you can't assume people have the same experiences that you have. You kind of just have to be with an open mind and just make sure um, not to not to be totally general, but just to just keep in mind that not everybody is living the same way that you expect to live in. But on the other hand, like I was saying, I feel like what, at least how I was brought up, like what I've learned in life when I was growing up is what I was taught from home, from my parents, from like sort of experiencing a few things like at school and stuff like that. So I just kind of been taught in that way. So I sort of just had this view on life sort of like a closed-mindedness or whatever, or sort of like, oh, I had to do this because, you know, this is what this is what men do. I have to do this because this is what I was brought to, up to do. Um, but, you know, now, like, I feel like with school, I feel like this is the reason why school is so important and, like, college and interacting with different people is so important. You learn different things. 
and you grow. Yeah. So what are some like legitimate examples of you kind of uh, turning into this or actualizing more of yourself? Like, I feel like as you're telling me this, obviously we, we known each other for a couple, what, a couple of years or at least it's been a couple of years about. You could say a couple of years. Yeah. And then like, I know recently when we've been talking during quarantine, you've been telling me about kind of your creative endeavors. And I remember you showed me the TikTok videos that you made. And then, uh, you know, you sent me some TikTok. of the, come on, bro. You did those TikTok dances or, I mean, you did oh, some yeah. dancing. Yeah. yeah like you TikTok. sent me, you sent me that. And then you showed me, um, like one a few of your little, of like my music. Yeah. Whatever. So it's just like me seeing that, like, as you were telling me what you were telling me, that's kind of what I think of is you kind mm-hmm. of doing these more like creative endeavors. That's just a lot of free expression. Cause yeah, I feel like anytime you do something kind of creative and where it doesn't have any sort of boundaries, like you kind of make yourself vulnerable in a sense because you don't know how people are going to perceive it. And I feel, yeah. in my perspective, I feel like that's part of your journey is like you just saying, fuck it, I'm just going to start making music. Fuck it, I'm just going to start dancing and putting up TikTok videos. And like, bro, your fucking videos are like, your shit's good. Like, and considering that this isn't even like the thing that you focus on completely, you know? Like, yeah, dude, it's crazy. Yeah, I just feel like we're in this time, especially in society, especially, I guess, now since being sort of quarantined is just, you just sort of just have to find, like, what you really want to do in this world. And if not necessarily do it for, I guess, the money or whatever, but do it because it's something that you really wanted to, like, try before and stuff like that. And it's just, I've always kind of to wanted to sort of write my own music because I am a big music fan. I've always been a music fan and, you know, I just felt like I was one day it was just sort of like, so good. I'm going to just write, I'm going to just write some bars real quick. Like I'm going to just write some of these bars. I don't know if they're going to be good or not, but you know, we can hit a studio sesh or whatever. Like, cause I've, I sort of have sort of connects with some of the, some upcoming LA artists um back home which i'm probably gonna try to connect with when i either when i get back out there or just like later and i'm probably gonna go to the studio and just try to see what i come up with and you know i'm not gonna lie like the way i'm gonna do this is that i'm gonna just because i'm sort of perfectionist at everything i sort of kind of do it's like um like when is it something that like I want to do sort of seriously or I want to sort of kind of pursue if that makes sense whether it's like school or like you know running track and stuff like that or doing music I always want to sort of make sure that what it sounds like sounds something that I like or the way I'm running is the way I want to run if that makes sense but I know with that it takes like a lot of hard work and stuff like that so I know that making sort of like good music is not going to just be like, I'm going to just write some bars or whatever and just start rapping and stuff like that on a beat. Um, I think in that sort of a sense, that's like the only time, like right now I'm sort of like kind of judgy on, on certain things. Cause uh, there's a part of me that wants to be sort of perfectionist that, that wants to put out like really good music that people enjoy. And I do want to be able to, have good promotion and stuff like that when it comes to 
releasing a project and stuff like that. I want to have a plan when it comes to ultimately, you know, releasing music and stuff like that. I want to learn more about sort of like the industry and stuff like that. I just don't want to just jump into it like necessarily because I think it's just something that I seriously want to think about. I'm not saying it's going to be like my career or anything, but it's just something that I want to do not only for fun, but I just want to make sure that it's like, it sounds good. At least to me, it sounds good. And I want the world to to see it. Yeah, man. Honestly, like, I think it's always a combination, right? Like you're saying that, like, you know, you want to do it, but then you also want to have a certain degree of strategy and a certain uh, degree of like, uh, like thoughtfulness so that the, the content, the music is actually like entertaining for people to listen to. So it's, I feel like it's always like a combination of like, let me try to strategize and like be thoughtful. But then at the same time, let me not fucking think too much because otherwise that's going to take away all the fun. And then like, I might not be honest with what the fuck I'm saying if I think too much about what people want versus just what I want to talk about. Right. Exactly. And it's just like, I think about with music and stuff like that. And I feel like with these artists and stuff like that, I feel like a lot of good music, there's a lot of good music out there that's just not getting like the promotion that maybe it, maybe it should deserve where it's just like the promotion is just not there because, you know, some of it is like independent. Um, some artists are independent. And I think a lot of, there's like really a lot of creative, super, super talented independent artists out there that just don't get, enough love because they just don't have the connect or the promotion or the money mm. to really you know go big but there's like a lot of mainstream artists that really fucking suck <laughs> but true. they have the money they have the promotion and stuff like that and so what i feel like with mainstream music today i think it's it's mostly terrible honestly i feel like <laughs> it's really like not that hard to make sort of a hit single you just have to sort of have like sort of connections and you just sort of need to have like a catchy beat and that's like a hit. But when it comes to making like really, really good music, I'm not saying like really, really good music isn't some of the really good artists aren't mainstream. I'm just saying that some of like the art and music has been sort of dead for a while. And I feel like we need to come back to that or if not, then it's a, it's cool. At least, those like artists that are really like putting in the work to make art at least i'm their fan yeah i'm on their side i agree i i get what you're saying so it's like there's because i mean there's yeah there's music which is more like a an expression of someone's thoughts music where it's more about the the content and like just really diving deep and really kind of trying to leave people's mind like in a place where they're going to have to listen to it multiple times to like really gather all the information. And then there's more, there's other songs that are more kind of, I guess you could say almost artificial because you know, they have music engineers who know what psychologically triggers people to want to just listen to it over and over and over, which is obviously why those songs are on the the radio. Right. Exactly. I feel like I, I know exactly what you're saying because there is a level of depth that is missing from those songs that are mainstream. But I don't know, because I'm like opening my mind to just always find the beauty in everything or like understanding that there is beauty in pretty much everything. Like I also see how those songs that are hit on the the radio 
like they've mastered that idea of flow and that idea of like hitting the punchline. And like, so there's a real art to that too. Like, cause not everybody could just make a single that'll pop on the radio. Like it takes a real collaborative effort of engineers, of people who know how to write, of the actual music artists themselves and the way they <coughs> Ghost writers. themselves. Huh? Ghostwriters. Yeah, I actually don't know much about them, but would they be an example of that? Yeah, because like ghostwriters is just basically, I guess, writers who basically write raps for other rappers, if that makes sense. It's just plain and simple. Okay. And they're called ghostwriters because they're not supposed to be found out about or because I, with rapping, you're supposed to you're supposed to write your own raps, or at least that's where I sort of that's my opinion. I I really don't know what. Well, that's People probably where the that's probably where the origin of hip hop came from was shit that came from yourself, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, isn't um Drake? He's a ghostwriter, right? Someone else writes his lyrics. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't have any like issue with Drake. I actually think some most some of Drake's music is just really really good. So when I found out that there were like ghostwriters and stuff like that, I was pretty hurt. Cause, but at the same time, he's not just a rapper; he's also a singer. So like you know, maybe it's sort of like a touchy thing. Like I, it's I don't think it's necessarily okay with singing either. But there are like songwriters out there that make really good money that make songs for artists that might not sound necessarily good like with their voice, but might sound like a lot better with another person's voice. So, I mean, but I guess songwriters, they get credit for it. I mean, yeah. they're not called ghostwriters. They're like songwriters, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, it's like kind of a weird thing, but I respect it. It's like a, like I said, I think it's almost like an art form. Like the thing I was thinking of right now was like, when there's a ghostwriter and they're creating the lyrics and then someone else like actually express or like sings or raps the lyrics, it's almost like if they were acting for like a movie, right? When you mm -hmm. have an actor in a movie, usually the actor doesn't write their own script. They're just following a script in which the director, whomever wrote it, then they go they go and act it. But I feel like that's, that's one of the beautiful elements to it is that it's almost like two people's ideas comes together and then it, it, it creates this beautiful piece of art, right? And I think I think there's a lot of, uh, I think that's actually really hard to try to find harmony between two people or a collaboration of people. That's always been a challenge for me because I've always been more of an individual person. So I think there's a lot of, I think that's really cool when people can come up with shit and put them together, you know? Yeah, that's all the joke. Yeah. So you well, said that we were going to talk about that because I know when I hit you up, I said I wanted to talk about like the Black Lives Matter movement, right? Yeah. Uh, let's get into that. Let's go, bro. Do you have any like questions about that or certain views? Uh, I got a lot that I can say, but I'd prefer to to for you to start off. Um, just whatever comes to your mind. Just obviously, you hit me up, and I'm sure there's a lot of shit that you want to talk about. So just go ahead and start it. I mean, you're supposed to interview me, though. You're supposed to like have like at least one question, so like at least. Oh, uh, you want? Off. All right, you want me to ask you a question? All right. Um, how do you feel regarding the protest? Do you feel like the pro 
protesting is really benefiting the cause? Do you think, um, what's your opinion on the looting? I know some people have highlighted that. I'm just asking it just to simply ask the question. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the, in my opinion, I don't think the looting should really drag people's attention. I think, um, I think people try to overemphasize that to take the tension away from the actual like thing that matters, which is the black lives matters movement. But uh, just tell me about that, the protest, the looting and just kind of all that stuff that's been going outside. Um, I think about the protesting is, uh, I mean, it's always good to protest for a good cause. Um, I mean, it kind of came at a worse time. Like, we're in a pandemic, so the whole social distancing was just thrown out the fucking water. But, you know, but I feel like protesting in general, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement, do I think it's important? Hell yeah, because it just, it just shows that we are mad. I think what makes it sort of even positive is the fact that, you know, other races and other cultures are getting involved and becoming allies of ours. Um, And honestly, like, I'm a person that really only sees one race, that's the human race. Unfortunately, society sees it a totally different race that, you know, at least in the U.S., that white is that race. And if you're a white male, you're going to make it, like, you're going to make it, make it, basically. And if you are like any other race, especially if you're black, um, you're just basically set up to fail to sort of begin with because of the generational trauma from slavery, Jim Crow, mass incarceration, LA riots, all, all that stuff. So I can't really, con- as far as looting, I can't condemn people for looting because, you know, people are mad, like, We've been wanting to make a change. Like, the U.S. is supposed to be the land of the free. Honestly, I feel like the U.S. is a complete joke, to be honest. Um, Especially, it's very contradictory. And basically, all those laws and stuff were basically written by white males. Not Not white men and women, but white males. So that ideology of the country is based off a white man. So... And it's still like that in 2020, so people are, you got to think, people try to protest nonviolently, still get beaten, beaten up. We have a president that want, that is sort of promoting um, killing and beating up protesters. So as far as looting, I can't, con- I actually had this conversation with my older sister too, like, because I actually kind of was against the rioting and the looting because I didn't think it was anything that was going to be um, solved from that. And honestly, it's not, but you can't really condemn people because people are mad. It's trauma for years and years and centuries and centuries and centuries. All that anger and trauma and stuff like that and wanting something to end. It's sort of like you're in a abusive relationship. Like, your abuser is not going to just let you leave when you ask them to leave most of the time. Sadly, in some cases, you have to either hit that abuser back or kill that abuser in order to be free. But you can't do that necessarily because obviously in the court of law, you'll go to jail for the rest of your life if you kill somebody, if not, if it's not in self-defense and stuff like that. And I feel like with 
by the way, sidebar with battered women, I feel like it's a very touchy subject because it's unfortunate in the situation that they're in. And I feel like it's sad that it is important to sort of realize that with battered women. But onto the other subject, um, Black Lives Matter, I just feel like people are just angry. And I feel like it is understandable with the looting and the rioting because people are angry. But obviously, if you're rioting for like attention or looting just to get free stuff, obviously that's wrong. But other than that, you know, it's definitely understandable. Yeah, man. I appreciate all the information. I think you gave me some perspective that I hadn't really heard before. Um, that's a good point, though, that all the people who made the laws were white males. Like, not even white men and women but just white males like so it's such a it's such a specific group and gender and obviously it's kind of obvious that it's going to lead to something bad when you have that much of just one like type of person because if if you have a group of people and they're always together those type of people are going to have a specific belief but when you have a group of people and you have people from all different walks of life then now you're going to have a lot more diversity and a lot more probably justice because you have all these different perspectives. And um, I agree. And I think it's crazy because I, I didn't really pay attention to like the statistics of like what the population of the United States is. But from my understanding, it's isn't it like 40, 50 percent is like white and then the rest is like just a bunch of other stuff, right? Yeah, but I mean, I've read in like predictions that um, in like – 40 to 50 years, um, the Latino race is going to be the predominant race. More than white? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's like 40 to 50 years from now, and it's like no guarantee. But it's just like basically, even with, you know, the preaching of equal rights and stuff like that, there's still like a lot more work that, would need to be sort of done to yeah. sort of, I guess, fix this. This, this is going to take, like, many, many, many years to even sort of have a chance of making it equal because you got to think about it. It's like, it's, like, forever of just, like, genocide and racism in this country. Started with, like, the Native Americans with, you know, the Europeans basically slaughtering them. And there's, like, only 0.5% Native Americans in this country, literally. And they live on reservations and stuff like that. So, literally, this is their land that they're on. And even white people are based off of immigrants. So, it's just... We just got to put that in perspective as well. Like, like, I'm not saying, you know, like, fuck white people, this, that, and the other. I'm not saying that at all. Because actually, I'm friends with like really good people that happen to be white. Um, but I'm just saying that this is exactly why um, black people get mad when non-black people say the N-word, for example. Not saying that even white people have gone through like some sort of slavery or some sort of genocide. It's written in history, but at the same time, you know, that N-word, uh, it's, it's, represent, it's a representation of 
what we were labeled as slaves. But as black people, we take ownership of that and prideful of that. So when somebody else of another race says that, it's sort of like they're trying to sort of like try to try to say that they are basically like not trying to act black, but they like all that they're like either treated as like an N-word or they know what it feels like to be, to be an N-word, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I, I'm not going to lie. And I've said this a couple of times on the podcast already, because I've had a few podcasts where we talk about, about this black lives matter and all that. And just, you know, I've been to a protest already. I went to the, they had a protest in Claremont and I was there. And I've watched, you know, the Netflix documentary, 13th Amendment. I saw the other Netflix TV show, the not a TV show, but they had a series, the When They See Us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that, those four episodes and just been, you know, on Spotify, they got a, they got a playlist called the For the People or something like that. And they've got Malcolm, Malcolm X's speeches. They got an, a speech by Obama. They got a speech by a bunch of different people. And I've been really just like putting myself immersing myself and and becoming more knowledgeable with the the history and with you know really getting perspective as to what it is to be a black person in america today and uh yeah man i um i'm i'm all for it i'm i've like you said earlier like i believe in one race i've always been someone obviously this is called the art of human and Mm -hmm. You know, I have a one of my favorite quotes is by Bruce Lee, and it says, it goes, under the sky, under the heavens, there's but one family. It just so happens that people are different. A lot of times when people quote that, they don't say the last part, or they've just simplified it without the last part. But I think that last part is important. Like, it just so happens that people are different. Right? Like, yeah, it's like, we're different, but we're still the same. Like, it's always that yin and yang, that that idea of black and white. Like, there's always the, we're different, but we're the same. And it's just acknowledging those two and having, finding the harmony between that, you know? Because there's nothing, I don't think there's anything wrong with having different cultures and having different beliefs and having different this and that, right? There's a lot of variation between, you know, what one group of people think and what another group of people think. There's nothing wrong with those differences so long as we're not fighting and, and there's injustice between us, right? So yeah, cause as that's human the beings, issue. Yeah, because as human beings, we're not supposed to be judged on who we are. Like, we're not supposed to be judged on, like, what gender we identify as or what race we are born with or what sexuality that we are or what we did in our past and stuff like that well you can't well it's it's a it's a touchy subject of what you've probably done in your past like positive and negative because that's always going to be a part of you in a sense but at the same time we can't judge people for who they are just i feel like my philosophy is just as long as you're not doing something that's hurting society like hurting other people or, you know, committing, obviously committing like heinous, like terrible crimes, you know, I don't have a problem with you. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Yeah, man. I mean, we and we live in a country where we're supposed to have freedom. We're supposed to have the right to to say what's on our mind. You know, like, you know, we live in this country where we're supposed to have all the freedom. And, you know, it's like my I was talking to my brother about this the other day and he was saying how this country is kind of like an amusement park. You know, like people think about the United States sometimes and they think about how you come here and you can make money and, you know, the American dream and you can start your own business and all this shit. And, like, from one perspective, it's like, oh, yeah, man, like, United States, like, it's dope. It looks like a fucking, uh, like, a fucking amusement park where you can have a bunch of fun. But then little do a lot of people know that there's fucking a bunch of injustices going on. And it's like, a, yeah, it's, a, it's an amusement park, but it's a rigged system where there's a bunch of fucking shit going on in the background to fuck over a group of people. And so it's not necessarily the amusement park that maybe a lot of people think, about, think that it is. And... If you're ignorant about it, if you you don't do your research and you're not knowledgeable, you're going to think this shit's fucking Disneyland, you know, and this shit's not, you know, I mean, there's a lot, I'm not here to talk that it's all negative and shit, but there's a lot of shit going on in the background. And if you're not aware of it, then you might be getting fucked over without knowing it. And, um, yeah, man, it's not, it's not an equal system. And I think Although, like you were saying earlier, like it's going to take a long, long time to really ever get that equality that everybody wants. But I think what's important is that you, everyone has to contribute, right? Maybe we're not going to, maybe our vision, maybe our vision isn't going to completely come to a, to a place where it's a hundred percent peaceful and there's harmony amongst everybody. And there's not a single drop of racism. Like I don't necessarily believe in perfection either. So I don't, I probably don't think that's ever going to happen, but the idea is that you're constantly progressing towards that vision and you're putting in work to get that vision come to fruition, you know? Yeah. And I feel like, honestly, that's the, that's the holy thing. I feel like, and that's what I fear is that I feel like the fact of the matter is that I don't know when or if this will ever happen, but I think we're getting sort of close to a point where there's going to be some sort of race war or like some sort of civil war in order to make this happen because basically I feel like what people might see is that the only way to truly get something done is with violence. And I feel like I don't want people to sort of get into that idea, but I feel like it's getting close to that idea where we might just have to go to war in our, within our own country again, or, or just a shitload of anarchism and nothing gets solved with anarchy anyway. Yeah, man, I don't, I'm not too sure. I mean, I really, I mean, it's, I it's definitely an extreme view. I'm not going to lie, but you know, when shit like this happens and you're sort of kind of numb to it and stuff like that, you kind of just sort of like thinking of all these like crazy, like sort of things that are, that might be able to happen if something is not really truly done because let's be real here with the George Floyd situation. Yeah, it's just a lot of protests, but there's like, hundreds or thousands of i'm not even going to go with like black people but like just people in general that have been murdered by because of the color of their skin by police most of those police officers are free literally like not charged with the crime like no jail time are free so it's like with the whole george floyd situation if there's justice for george floyd there should be justice for every single misinjustice in this country every single one or else we're 
I'm not saying it's ever going to totally happen like that, but in a perfect world, it should happen like that. Yeah, and and one thing that comes to mind regarding this topic and, you know, talk like getting get an idea for how long it would take to make change. Like, I personally, this is just an idea, but I feel like the difference between right now and any other point in history is that we have technology and we have cameras pretty much at everybody's fingertips and everybody has access to them. You have buildings that have cameras at a lot of different angles. And I think right now, because of people having cameras and basically holding accountability, I think we're going to be able to start cranking down on all the injustices. And especially now that everyone's kind of, because I mean, like I said, everybody has a camera in their hand, but not everybody's willing to record it. But I think now I'm even, I'm one who has always had a phone, but I've never been one to pull out a phone and start recording. But like, I was just driving to my, my parents' house uh, just, just yesterday and I was driving and there's some guy on the side of the freeway doing graffiti on the wall. And mm-hmm. I almost took out my phone and started recording. But the second I thought about recording it and I actually took my phone out, I was already driving past it. But it was like, it's starting to become in the back of my mind. Like, hey, you know what? I need to start recording shit that's you know, unjust, right? So that's starting to become part of my programming. So I'm sure that's going to start happening to a lot of people. They're going to see injustice and be like, God damn, I'm start recording this shit. You know, of course, it's got to be more than the recording. People got to actually stand up and, you know, be there and, you know, just like George Floyd, he was getting, you know, what happened to him. Obviously, you would have hoped that someone was there and could have stopped the thing from actually happening because recording, it's not going to actually stop it from happening, like, directly. But and you got to think about it, too, like, with cops. I'm not saying all cops are bad, but, you know, some cops, as you can see, are very, very shitty. And it's like, it is also kind of a fear, like, if you do try to record, if, if that cop, like, kills that person, they might kill you, too, because you recorded them. You just got to think of it like that as well. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. Um, but, I mean, at that point, I'm pretty – in some shape or form, I'm sure the cop would get caught. Like, I don't think there's any way that a cop's going to kill somebody then kill someone who recorded it, and then I'm sure there's other people recording it too. At that point, I have to be like a huge murder for for that cop to somehow get away. I don't, I don't know that he'd be able to get away with that. But I, yeah, I, I mean, get that, though. I get that. I mean, there's tons of different scenarios you can go, but we're not going to totally get into that. Let's just think of the positive perspective. Because I just don't – that's the one thing I want to still want to work on is just, like, the what ifs. Like, I don't want to, like, totally be like, what if this happens? What if that happens? Because yeah. at that point, you're just sort of just, like, not even expecting a change. You're just sort of just – Yeah, like, you're just dwelling damn, on it. Basically, yeah. yeah. So then let's talk about shit that we can do. Like, what – What's one of the things that that you feel like people can do and what's something that that you feel like or what what's something that you've been doing? Because I know, obviously, you're a black person, mm-hmm. so, but I'm sure there's, I'm sure black people are also contributing towards the matter. Like, what, what do you think is, like, something really important for people to be doing? Um, well, if you're not protesting, all, like, educating other people, especially in, if you're in a pandemic, um, use your social media. You know, for those that are against social media, this is something that social media is actually very essential for Is because nothing's really ever deleted off the internet. So if you post something on the internet, you know, you just never know. It'll just spread, 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 and spread. And then more and more people will know. 
I agree, dude. That's 100%. That goes back to the whole shit I was saying. Like, I just think technology is going to be the thing that, that makes a positive change. So, like, yeah, Honestly. people people got to keep sharing the fucking, keep voicing themselves on their fucking, make Instagram posts, share it on their stories. Like, like keep making content that fucking voices what you believe in because even if it only resonates with that one person, that one you person... resonate with somebody. Yeah, you resonate with somebody and then that person will probably, in some shape or form, then express that idea mixed in with their own shit and then that could then go to more people and, and you know it's a giant ripple effect you might not you might not ever see where your voice what the effects of your voice is but that's that's the thing like it doesn't matter what like if you get to see what you've done or not the point is that you just do it and just have faith that when every time you do it that you're doing something good right and there's always whenever you whenever you voice yourself, especially for something positive and for something that's in your heart, the idea or the likelihood for serendipity is always going to be there. And it's going to be a lot higher. Right. Facts. So that's my big thing, bro. And, and you know, I, like you said about social media, like I've never, I, w- I was one who was off of social media for like two or three years, but then I finally like kind of got the, not finally, it wasn't like I was rushed to it, but it was like I finally started getting more like in tune with myself and like spirituality and more like into my own philosophy. And it's like nothing's inherently good or bad, right? Like nothing's exactly. inherently, like it's just how do you use it, right? It's how do you use it? So I think the other good thing to talk about now is also like voting. Like I think voting and like legislation, creating new legislation, like that's going to be the shit that really fucking changes the game. Like at that's that's kind of like the like getting new legislation and then having that come to law that's kind of like one of the products obviously i think the whole process begins from looking inside of yourself and and you know putting in the work right on, on an individual basis but ultimately we want to see new legislation go through right like that's one well, of the things that is that and i want to see new people of color in office that like true, president yeah. type like nothing against like a white male or a white woman being running for office if they're all their intentions are good and all their policies are amazing and stuff like that but i just feel like it's time for more people of color mm-hmm. to be in office ma- male or female like people of color like not just oh we have we had a black president we're so equal as a country like one out of like how many presidents Literally. True. Very true. Yeah, I mean, people just got to stay motivated. People, you know, I don't know. I don't know how many people of color run for president, but I mean, you look at most people and they're all like, it looks like most of them are light skinned, you know? Like, why is that? I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's because of the systematic racism that's in place, which makes it hard for people of color to even make it to the point where they're going to possibly become president, but obviously Obama did it. And if one person can do it, then any, you know, then a lot of people can do it. Well, I mean, there's like a lot of steps to becoming president as well. You have to obviously have a platform. And I feel like in a sense, you as much of an idiot Donald Trump is as far as being, as far as winning the presidency, he was smart because he knew sort of what to say. And he knew how racist this country truly was. So he knew. Mm. He took advantage so, of that shit. He really took advantage of it to the point where I'm not going to lie. Some people don't believe Donald Trump is actually a racist. He actually, 
Some people actually believe he said those things in order to just be president to prove how, like, stupid the the southern states or the Republican Party or conservative people are. But you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that's true. But I'm just saying that there's like some point of view with that which might not actually be totally wrong, but. Donald Trump is a hateful person for even saying those things, though. Yeah, dude. I don't... Go ahead. Yeah, so I just, I just don't know. I actually, I actually cried when I saw that Donald Trump won the presidency because I actually voted too. Yeah. Did you yeah. vote like in the final vote, like between Donald Trump and Hillary? Yeah, like I voted. Like I missed, like. I missed like half of my health class or whatever to go out and vote. And then I went to class and stuff like that. I voted with my mom. I voted for Hillary. I thought, I thought about voting for Trump as a joke, but I'm just like, this is not even a joke. So don't, so don't even fucking do it. Cause if yeah. you vote, if you vote for Trump, then you can't lie. Like you can't, you can't lie about that and stuff like that. Like if you put the Trump in the ballot and stuff like that, that's in the ballot forever. So. I just yeah. like, vote for Hillary. Don't even joke about voting for Trump because that's a vote. Yeah, and I think, I don't know. I don't know if there's a lack of awareness with regard to this, but I, I heard it somewhere and it really resonated with me. And I think it's actually like really important. Like when people are looking into like who to become president and they're thinking about who to vote for, like they're looking into like all the different laws that they're thinking about promoting and all these ideas and this and that. But like you have to, like I said, I don't remember who told me this, but it really stayed with me. It was like a president is like a, they're like a figure and like their words and the things that they say is like, is really influential amongst the people. So like you, when you look at a president, when you're thinking about who you want to be president, you want someone who like gives strength to people who makes the country feel strong. Like, like a representation uh, of us as a country yeah just just a pos- a positive leader like someone who has compassion someone who you know all those different types of things and i think that's why like i'll be honest like i i i never got too much into politics in my past but i just knew that when i thought of obama i felt like i felt safe i felt like it was a person who who had good intentions i felt like obama you know people could criticize the legislation and obamacare and it's too much of this or too much of that like you can argue all these different types of things, but the, but I think one of the most essential things is like when you, when a lot of people thought of Obama, like you think of someone who's trying to do some positive shit for the country, you know, you Uh can get super deep into it, but like he was a dude who was like actually optimistic and you can have people who are racist who would probably say, Oh no, fuck that guy. Like blah, 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 blah. But like I said, it's just a vibe. What kind of vibe does he give up? And Donald Trump has always given off the fucking, the racist, the fucking, like, douchebag vibe. Like, why would you want some shit, like, some person like that to be the president? It doesn't make sense. The only way it makes sense is that a good portion of the country is a bunch of douchebags that don't fucking have any compassion. That's what I was about to say. Maybe we don't want that as president, but we just never know what other people might want. Because, like, I feel like sometimes... I even forget that California is not the whole fucking country. Yeah. Literally. (laughs) Yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. Like the city of Los Angeles or 
Pomona is not the whole fucking 50 states and shit like that. Like, there's, like, literally, like, 49 other states and, like, millions of other cities and stuff like that. And millions of different backgrounds and millions of different factors that goes into it. Because, let's be real here, convicted, like, convicted felons can vote. And there's, like, a lot of speculation that the presidency was actually rigged, which I sort of believe is true. Because of technology, the, the actual election itself was rigged. I wouldn't be surprised at all because because of technology. So you just never know what type of shit is going on. And yeah. Yeah, man. I think that that's a good point though. Like you said, like sometimes I, you said, I, I sometimes I forget that everyone's not like California people. And that's some shit that happens to me too. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. And then I'm like, Oh shit. Like I'm thinking based off of the fucking state and like, you know, the, the, cause I've lived in SoCal my whole life. Like I'm thinking everybody thinks like we think, and uh, you know, I think California, especially SoCal, like it's a very progressive state or we're a lot of progressive cities, very open-minded in, you know, in certain aspects and uh, in many aspects, I think, but yeah. you know, there's a lot of the countries different. And when you said that I automatically, I'm visualizing like, fuck, maybe I should try traveling across the country. And, like, stopping at, like, I don't know about 50 states, but maybe stop at, like, fucking 20, 30 states and just get the vibe for everything, you know? Yeah. And let's be real here. There's races everywhere. Even in California, there's races. So, like, let's just not totally, like, assume that California is just racist-free. Because, like, there's probably, like, like races out there in California because the city of Los Angeles is not all of California. It's not even all of SoCal. So... We yeah. got to just keep that in mind as well. No, yeah. And like I mentioned earlier, I went to that protest in Claremont, which is uh, it's actually like one of the last uh, cities that's technically Los Angeles County. It borders with San Bernardino County. But um, so we basically did a walk from one park and we walked down a hill and we got to another park. And at that, that other park, they had a, a little stage. And so basically the guys who were running the protest, they, you know, they, they had their whole thing. We're doing certain chants and stuff. And then he basically said, Hey, anybody from the community here in Claremont, you know, any, any black people, if you have any stories that you have to share about, you know, personal experiences come up and they had people coming up for about two hours. And all these people were talking about personal experiences of racism that happened within the time span that they lived in Claremont. So anywhere like between the nineties to like present day. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, this is, this is talking literally from present day to like within the last 30 years. And they all had stories. Like they had the the story that comes to mind right now was one guy. He looked like he was probably like uh, late twenties maybe. And he was saying how he grew up and he wanted a Range Rover. And so he just like busted his ass, busted his ass to get his Range Rover. And uh, to the point where he was like one of the bank managers like in, in Claremont and he got enough money to get his Range Rover. And then one day, you know, he's driving home in Claremont and there's a police officer that pulls him over and he asks him like, hey, like he uh, said, why'd you why'd you steal this car or who just he said, who'd you steal this car from? And the guy said, he's like, I didn't steal this car. And then the, the police said, a oh, license and registration. He gives it to him. And then the guy just keeps looking at him. He's like, well, who'd you steal this car from? And the guy says, like, like, look at the registration and license. Like, they both have my name on it. 
So the cop, even after he gave him the information, he, he didn't even dare to look at it. He just, he still thought that he stole it. And, um, you know, basically eventually he ends up letting him go because he obviously found out that he was just being dumb. But, you know, that the, the guy ended up asking the police officer, like, why is it that you think I stole? And, he's, and then the cop said something like, oh, well, it's because uh, you look like a suspect. or You, you look like one of the suspects that, that got called in that they stole a car. Right. It's just some bullshit, you know, he just made up. But, you know, but like I said, even if even if there was a suspect and he happened to look like that suspect, you still have to look at the driver's license and registration. You don't just make the assumption. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, like this kid, like legit just had that experience. I don't know, like within the last few years. And this is in Claremont, California. And I, be- I pretty much like live right down the street and I'm in Claremont all the time. And I didn't think there was any race, like any of much racism that existed there, but you know, that shit exists. So it's like, even in the places where you don't feel that racism exists, that shit exists, right? Like it always, it always is. Exactly. Yeah, man. Is there any, uh, like personal experience that you would want to share or not? Um, about race. I mean, I mean, I don't know any any kind of story that would maybe like be insightful or inspiring for people to listen to. Because like I said, like that kid shared his story and like that shit's in my mind now. And that shit, in a way, of course, the story is not something to be happy about, but it was insightful mm-hmm. and it motivated me to to be more aware and shit. So that's what I'm saying. Like, do you have anything like that that you'd want to share? Um, not that I can recall necessarily. And stuff like that. Um, I think the not necessarily that I can necessarily recall, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no, actually, if I if there probably was like something that happened with me, I just probably can't recall it right now. I feel it, bro. Yeah. Like, trust me, there's probably some shit that's gone down with you, but you just don't remember that shit. Because I'm telling you right now, like. Like I said, I remember it was, uh, we were leaving that protest and I was like, I was talking to my cousin's wife and we're talking about blah, blah, blah. And we started, I started to retrospect on my childhood and we started to talk about kind of racism that exists in the Hispanic community, right? Cause it's, you know, obviously it's not just black people, but it's, you know, they're the ones that are most heavily affected. But we started talking about some of the, the racism that occurs with Hispanics and I had never thought that really too much racism had happened to me. But then I remembered that back in elementary school, they had me in the ED program. It's called the English Development Program. And basically, it's like, a, it's like a program for people who don't know how to speak English. Mm-hmm. And uh, they put me in that program simply because I was Hispanic. And I remember being in like fourth grade and I speak English just like any other kid and they still had me in the ED class it wasn't until like my parents had a I told my mom like hey ma like I'm not I don't know why I'm in this class like I speak fine English and I go in there and they're teaching me this like you know second first grade English when I'm already a fourth grader and I'm doing just fine and they had me in there simply because I was Hispanic and and I remember like I said we I had to tell my mom to give the school a call and and it wasn't until a few phone calls that they finally took me out but it was there was no rational reason to keep me in the program other than the fact that it was my than my race and that I was a Hispanic, you know. 
and I'm not, they didn't treat me bad. You know, I didn't feel bad about it, but I'm just saying like, that's just an example of people doing shit simply because of the color of your skin or where you're from. Um, I actually can recall like an experience, but it wasn't like with like probably like a white person, but it was just sort of like some like my black peers or whatever, because like sometimes I would speak and they would just be like, yeah, you talk white and stuff like that. Or yeah, because like yeah, yeah. I speak proper because sometimes I speak proper English, but it's just sort of like, you know, I can. But it's at the same time, I I didn't really like take it really that offensively. But it's just sort of like, like what do you what the fuck you want me to say? Like bitch, nigga, hoe, all this other shit and stuff like that. Talk a hood and stuff like that. I just think that it wasn't really sort of I wasn't mad at them I was just sort of mad at like society for having like black people think that we have to be talk hood or or be hood or whatever in order to be black and on the other side you know there's other races and stuff like that I grew up in the hood I grew up in those environments of like hip-hop and stuff like that whatever and they don't talk necessarily white or Asian stuff like that they talk or maybe maybe talk with slang or act in sort of a hip-hop fashion or whatever then they're like called being posers or like white trash and stuff like that so for those people that actually do like experience and stuff like that but at the same time do sort of that are conscious of that they are white still you know those are the people i feel bad for because those are people I, that i feel like they're judging most yeah. but it's just like but it's the difference is with like people like rachel dozile or whatever um who actually like it's funny i actually mentioned rachel dozile in my first sociology class ever and then my teacher was like oh fucking no i fucking hate her who is because that? um she's this like white lady that like i guess like darkened her skin made her hair curly and identified as a black woman but in reality she was a white woman it was like a whole like news like thing on it you should look at rachel dozile what when Honestly. was that that she did that this was like 2013 i believe or something like that type shit it was a while mm-hmm. ago this girl's still alive i think so and what why did, did she did she explain why she did that i don't even know but it's just it was probably so fucking stupid or whatever like because like there's like a scribe status and a chief status in sociology a scribe status is something that you're born with like the color of your skin or your race or ethnicity your chief status is something that, you know, you identify as based on your accomplishment, whether it's, like, your GPA or, like, your athletic achievements and stuff like that or your job achievements. So this bitch – I'm sorry. I can't call no, you're good. what females bitches, but uh, this this female basically tried to say – try to say that race wasn't a scribe status like you can become another race basically so basically she thought she can just become black if that makes sense or thought Mm. thinks that she's black if that makes sense i got you that's interesting man i mean i I would i'm I'm gonna have to look into that story i don't know where her intentions were you know i don't know i mean maybe she had good intentions regarding it that's what i'm saying i'm not i'm not you know i don't know i'd have to do more research but i mean if i kind of get what she's trying to say like in a sense like because there's so much history associated to to black people and the skin color but i think in a way what she was trying to say yeah i mean i'm get i like 
like in a way I kind of perceive, and like I said, I've never heard of this girl. I don't know anything more than what you just told me, but in a way, like I, in a way I almost feel like she's saying like, yeah, it's just skin color. Like it, it shouldn't matter what your skin color is. Right. I don't, I don't necessarily think that's what she, I, I don't think that's what she was necessarily saying. I mean, but then again, I never really followed the Rachel Dozal story that deeply. And if I did, it was like a long time ago. Yeah. But I kid you not, I do not believe that was the reasoning, but I mean, feel free to look it up if you, if you want and you can hit me up later about it just to see what your view is. Cause like, I mean, I understand, like, where you're coming from because you never heard of Rachel Dozal before. But, yeah, and like yeah. I said, like, this is just based on the little bit that you told me, but it, it could be the opposite. It could be that she did that shit just because she was just wanted to, just wanted to be like, oh, it's not that bad being the skin color. You know, just to be freaking stupid like that. That's what I'm saying. I don't know anything regarding the situation, but, uh, yeah. Understandable, understandable. So what's up? Let's see how long we've been recording. We've been going. We're like an hour, I believe. Are we really? Dude, this thing doesn't have so. a timer on it. I think so. Actually, I was on time. Oh, it's seven oh five. Yeah, we started at six. Yeah, so it's been about an hour, bro. Yeah. Anything uh, that you want to know or like wanted to say, necessarily? Like anything. Uh, Really, this podcast, uh, my intentions behind this podcast was uh, to really try to get the most out of, like, to, to really ask you questions and, and to really hear you out. Um, just because I feel like sometimes during certain podcasts, I'm kind of the one that talks a lot, but it's all based off of feeling. That's why I try not to, I know you were asking me, like, if I have questions and I don't know. I, I like the idea of having questions, but I don't like to make too many like art like just questions Mm -hmm. that are pre-made i like to just kind of ask ask stuff on the fly um and isn't that what you did though yeah no that's what i did this time but i'm saying Mm -hmm. like um when i don't do that it also sometimes i end up being the like like it feels or something like that yeah yeah i don't know i just i always like to just really do things like spontaneously um but i am trying to to kind of put more effort on getting the guest to actually talk more, if that makes sense. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all based on the vibe, you know? Yeah. Like I just feel like when I said like asking a question, it's just sort of like to like sort of get me started of like, you know, cause I just don't want yeah. it to be like a regular, just like, Oh, like conversation. I mean, it could be, I mean, I, I honestly think podcasts are just like conversations anyway, but I mean, it was just sort of like when I no, thought, thought of a podcast, I thought it was sort of like sort of like a conversation slash interview type of thing. Does that yeah. make sense? No, it's it's a it's a blend and it depends what type of podcast you're doing. And I'm you know, I'm about six and a half months in, so I'm still conceptualizing and you know, getting used to being the host and all that. Like, you know, it's just a practice game, you know, and you know, I really do envision this project going for a long time. So I see this as being like the, I'm just in the beginning phases, you know? Hell, I even want to do my own podcast. Let's be real. Bro, do that I shit. I if I can do a podcast. Anybody can do it. 
Like I'm telling you, bro, like fucking start your own podcast, dude. Like it, it just goes back to what we were just talking about. Like it doesn't matter how many people listen to the shit. It's more about like just talking about what's on your mind and having intimate conversations like we're having right now. Like that shit has value, dude. Even if it's just, even if the only people that get value is just me and you, let's say we record this podcast and never share it. We're still mm-hmm. gaining, we're still gaining fucking value from each other. Yeah, and it, it's just, it's a plus when other people listen and they fucking like it. That's a plus. Right? It's a bonus. It's a bonus. Like, just being able to sit here and talk to another hu- human being, like, this is this is what fucking matters, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and that's what you, I was about to say with, like, sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. But it just sort of, like, brought into my attention, sort of, like, especially, like, you know, if I actually do want to totally like pursue this sort of music thing and like release a track or whatever like and do all the promotion and stuff like that if i do everything that i can and still don't get the promotion i want it, it is what it is because i released something that i put my heart and soul into it and if that one person that actually liked it was me then i don't i don't fucking care about the rest because if i fucking like it or whatever then and if i feel like i can listen to it and stuff like that that's the thing that i wanted to say about like releasing music or actually making my own music. If I feel like I can make a song or whatever, and I feel like if I can put it on replay, because not because I made it, but if I feel like I can put it on replay because this is legit music I actually like, then I won. Yeah, dude. And in my opinion, um, I think if you're honest, I think if you're really being genuine with what's on your mind, heart, what's your conscious thoughts and and really expressing that in an honest way in my opinion i think it's it's almost a for certain like like you don't expect people to necessarily like it but i think the the possibilities of people liking your content whether it's music whether it's literally poetry whether it's paintings i don't care what it is like i think if you're honest with what you do i think that there's going to be people that like it and depending on what you do there's going to be a giant crowd of people that like it you know for instance like uh the whole world watches soccer but there's only a like a maybe a smaller percentage that keeps up with like um like esports but there's an audience for both it's just a degree of the audience is going to change depending on what it is that you're doing but i think if you're being honest with yourself i think there's always a possibility to have an audience you know yeah because like honestly i'm not gonna lie i ideally want that's true. I ideally want the whole world to love what I put out, whether it's music, TikTok videos and stuff like that, just content, like photo shoots. Like, ideally, I want the whole world to love it and stuff like that. Like, I want to have that fame and fortune and rich and wealth and stuff like that in my life. But why is it that you want that? Um, I just want to sort of, because honestly, at the end of the day, this is because it's kind of the way I was brought up and stuff like that. Um, that that wealth, well, actually, that wealth, honestly, is like generational. So like, I want, I want me and my family to sort of just have this wealth, so that we wouldn't have to necessarily, I guess, struggle financially if that makes sense. But at the same time, be able to do the stuff that we want to do in this world because, like, I think. I think the sad thing about that is the fact that the world 
that we live in, some of the things that we want to accomplish, like some of the, I guess, the big things, um, they cost a lot of money. I'm, I can't speak for everybody, but some things that maybe like some people want to accomplish may like cost them a lot because it's expensive and stuff like that. So I'm not saying that like, you know, if it happens, if it doesn't happen, then, you know, it's like a failure, but I'm just saying that ideally, you know, I want the whole world to, you know, sort of like love my content because, you know, because of the hard work and stuff like that. And, you know, the, the money is the bonus and stuff like that. Like, like generational wealth is always like a great thing, beautiful thing. Yeah. And plus, I mean, my big thing is like, if the content that you're putting now is something positive and something that's insightful pre- for people, like, and like you said, like, you know, with the, the legacy that you li- that you leave behind, if it's a positive one, and obviously the more people that know you, your legacy is going to live a little stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, when Kobe Bryant died, I mean, I think that shit resonates with a lot, a lot of people, people all over the world. And um, I, I'm inspired, not obviously I didn't hope that he died, but I'm inspired by him. And the fact that he passed away, for me, I saw it um, in a way as motivation. Are you still there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't I know. Just, like, it just dropped something. And then, like, I think I saw something on like, outside or oh, something okay. like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know why my screen just shut off. But, yeah, man, I mean, like I said, it, it's in the moment. And I think uh, when it happens, it's things are really sad when someone who's done something so positive for the world dies. But then at the same time, um, they leave that legacy. And, and I think, you know, if you use their legacy and use it to inspire you and as motivation, then his legacy continues to live. And that's kind of what I thought to myself when Kobe died. I said, you know, Kobe was someone who went in a hundred percent and someone who, who really dig deep within himself to do something really beautiful. And that's something that inspired a lot of people. And that's the same thing that I want to accomplish. I want to continue to dig within myself. And uh, I'm not expecting to do what Kobe did or even influence the amount of people that he did. I'm just going to dig deep and then whatever happens, happens. Because I think a lot of times the the big shit that happens, it's, it's not so much because the people plan for it it's just more so they just were focused on themselves and they had an objective and they just stayed focused to the objective and then all the accolades and all you know the legacy like that shit just comes with it it's not like they're focusing on that you know sucks <sighs> fuck dude i'm getting hungry man <laughs> we burn we're burning calories during this podcast hey that's, that's lit you finally got the lighting checked up in your room? Finally got it all checked out. So where's the where could people check you out on, on Instagram and stuff or if they want to follow your content? Um as far as like my main account, um you could follow me on J Wavy. J A Y W A V Y. I forgot to put my own Instagram name for a second. And if you want to look at track and field fitness, 
sports, academic achievement slash, I guess, mental health quotes that I might start posting on that other account. You can follow me on Jalen Jenkins official, J-A-L-E-N-J-E-N-K-I-N-S, and then official. Um, TikTok. TikTok is, let me check on TikTok now. Hold up. Uh, <laughs> I got a lot of content. Uh, oh, shit. Uh, Jalen Jenkins Zero. You can follow me on TikTok. Um, Twitter is Jenkins underscore Jalen. J-E-N-K-I-N-S and another S and then underscore my name. And then... Do I have any other social media? I got every social media. Um, I only, I only have, people, I'm sure people will find one of those. <laughs> but uh, last thing. You better find one of those. <laughs> I'm just saying. Last thing. I know I don't do this every podcast, but right now it came to mind, and, I, and this is a nice way to end it. If you could speak to the entire planet right now, the entire human race, assuming that everybody could understand what you're going to say, you know, whatever you say, it gets translated so that everybody can understand what would be your message real quick for the human race, the human race. Uh, my message for the human race is, is just pretty short. Um, you know, there's only one race and that's the human race. Um, love is love. Um, violence only leads to more violence. Um, peace only leads to more peace and happiness only leads to more happiness. And I think you guys can all get what, get, get what I'm trying to say here. All right, brother. Hey, it's been a pleasure. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You're always welcome to come back on when you come down to visit, you could always, you know, do an in-person podcast. Um, yeah, brother. Thank you so much. Peace and love, one love, one human. I agree, 100%. <laughs> All right, all brothers, right. let's let's stay in touch, right? All right, later. All right, peace out, bro. Peace. And that is a wrap for this episode of the Art of Human podcast. If you feel this episode was insightful or beneficial for you in any way, please make sure to share it with those you feel may also benefit. If you'd like to get sneak peek audio clips from the latest episode, behind the scenes footage for the podcast, or insightful content from your host Sapien, please follow at T-A-O-H experience on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Lastly, go out there, be your sexy self, and spread that peace, love, and positivity. Sincerely, your host Sapien. Until next time.